Hey guys, very excited to invite you to ReformCon 2022 by this standard. ReformCon 2022, we have an amazing lineup of speakers. We have Dr. James White, Dr. Joe Boot, we have Toby Sumter, we have David Bonson. I'm speaking at the conference. It's going to be amazing. We have time where there's performances. There's going to be some entertainment. We have an after party. We have time for fellowship. So for all things ReformCon 2022, you just need to go to reformcon.org. You can go there to get your tickets. You can also go to reformcon.org to book your hotel and accommodations. Also, if you are a Christian business owner, you want to participate, you want to set up a booth, you want to be a vendor, we'd love to have you. You can do all of that at reformcon.org, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all there. Reformation Day weekend, ReformCon 2022, by this standard. Non-rock a boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat, I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. (laughs) She hung up on me. Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got got a bit of a jiggle neck. (laughs) That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when they're not. A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is the Gospel Heard Around the World. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you guys joined us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in the live feed today. Excited about today's show. We're going to do some fun stuff, talk about some cool stuff. Martha's Vineyard, they threw out all the brown people. They did. Moved Except the, Barack. Moved the, they moved the border up, and, and uh, apparently they didn't last more than 48 hours or something like that. So I know we're a little late to the, to the party with this one, but it's been busy the last couple of weeks for us. And so maybe we want to add some, some biblical wisdom to this, some biblical commentary to this whole situation. Also going to talk about just a beast... Uh, police officer took down an active shooter. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Oh, this is gonna be your first time seeing it. You're gonna see it live on the show today. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Just that's how I am drinking a it. cup of coffee. He just sort of smooth. I showed Candy today. She was like, "Wow!" Like he's drinking a cup of coffee. Just kind of puts it down. Just kind of moses his way to the back and grabs grabs his AR and just kaplow. He's like, "Shots fired." He's down. Like it's just Ice cold. Just just cold, cold, strong man. That's the kind of guy you want. <laughs> just a smooth customer. And then we're going to talk about God's law. I started the show today with, you know, biblical law regarding accusations, those sorts of things. Biblical law that found its way to English common law. 
You got stuff that was promoted by the Puritans, uh, all just the whole history of the West and like the Word of God providing a foundation for just standards of accusation, court stuff. Uh, and I want to sort of like move that into the issue of police officers and even like being pulled over, uh, those sorts of things. And so, um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. I'm Jeff. They call me the Ninja. That is Luke the Bear. What up? And that is Zach Conover. Hey. Director of Communications with End Abortion Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome. So, hey, listen, if you haven't done so yet, go to apologiastudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A, apologiastudios.com. You can go there. There are tons of radio shows, podcast episodes from Provoked, Cultist, Sheologians, Apologia Radio. You can also sign up for All Access when you partner with us with All, uh, with all Access. You're part of this ministry with us, and so all the stuff you see coming from all of our, all of our platforms, if it's on-the-street evangelism, engagement, public debate, theological training and equipping, uh, if it is stuff for End Abortion Now, all that's made possible because we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are with us in this ministry. They make it all possible. And when you're all access uh, with ApologiaStudios.com, you also get all the additional stuff, like the after show, you get Apology Academy, Ask Me Anything, and more... Really cool stuff is coming. We're not going to tell you just yet, but it's coming. It's all underway. It's being built right now. Stuff that's just going to be for all of our All Access partners. So we love you guys, and we're thankful for you. You guys bless us all the time, and you make everything we do possible. So uh, you guys saw the commercial at the very beginning of this. ReformCon.org is where you go right now to get your tickets for ReformCon 2022. It is happening uh, Reformation Day weekend here in the Phoenix Valley. Uh, get your tickets. If you guys live in surrounding states, uh, you'd be crazy not to come. you got to come. We have great speakers. Joe Boot, James White, you've got David Bonson, I mean, uh, Toby Sumter, uh, Andrew Sandlin. It's just going to be epic in terms of what you're going to learn. We have an after party. We have time to fellowship. There's stuff to do. We even have performances. Uh, in the midst of it all, we've got people who are leaders in their field talking about being believers, standing on the Word of God, leading in their field, whether it's sports, whether it's economics, whether it's education, or even the arts. We're going to have live performances and things like that. So it's it's not your mama's Christian conference, and it's certainly not like Fight, Laugh, Feast, where they would sort of like bring you in like cattle to a cattle arena can't see the screens, those sorts of things. Like, we wouldn't do you like that. You almost uh, said fat laugh feast. <laughs> fat laugh feast. <laughs> we love those guys. We do. We love them. But, you know, um, people are going to pay to come to a conference. You want to bless them and do it really, really well. And that's what we want to do for you guys. And so that's what's up. That's what's coming, guys. Uh, limited seats. So you got to get your tickets. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Yes, you should get a ticket. Yes, you should drive out. Come out. Get spend in. some time with us. Hang out. Do the after party, see the performances, listen to the talks, and then let's plant the flag and let's move forward in the culture um, as God's people. So um, before we get into today's show, Pastor Luke has something to say to you. Yes, I do. Speaking of ReformCon, our uh, main sponsor that's partnering with us for ReformCon is the Armored Republic, which we talk about every week. And I'm not going to read one of their things today because I not creative enough to make it unique today but i do want to mention that we will have a special edition mashup t-shirt available only at reform con with the armored republic 
and I'm very excited about it. Yeah? Nice. Very excited about Any it. Any details you could reveal? It says Armored Republic and Apologia Studios on it. Nice. Way to keep it simple. That's noise. Well, I'm going to reveal right now, okay. but it's, noise. it's banging. All right. Let noise. Me tell you. All right. And it says No King but Christ. It says that as well. I'll give you that. Just oh. a little little taste. I'll buy it. So you got to come to ReformCon to get it. So I'm just saying. Or um, you can go to ApologiaStudios.com, go to our store right now, and you can get a shirt like this one. I just, like could, I one. just put this one on right before the show today. I put it on. It's bad and theology it's hurts used, people. But I'm just Is it really? No, I'm just <laughs> I got it out of the box over there. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bad theology. I'm, I'm like, wait. <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me, if you're going to put a verse on there, it would be great to do like Luke 11 when it says, a strong man, when he's fully mm. armed, he guards his own house Oof. and his possessions are safe. I like that. It's a different verse that's on the shirt, but I do like that one. Okay. Well, next So next there's time. also a verse on the shirt. Uh, strong man. Yeah. But you can also get these tracks. At, here. at the store. On our lots, store. A lot of people get those tracks. Yeah. They use these them all the time. These are our hot sellers right here. So Those tracks have been used to change a lot of people's lives. More, and you wrote one of those tracks. So I did. did I. Yeah, and so did you. Yeah, I wrote that. And yeah. one of those. Of, the good news of God. One of those I didn't write, but it's from um, a thing we did outside the Mormon temple in Salt Lake City. Yes, And yes, the Summer Jägermeister, she edited, <laughs> edited that. Yes. Yep, that's that yes, one. Uh, and Zachary wrote that one. Yes. And which one is I can't tell what that one is. And then that one, the I wrote that one. Yeah. What is this? What's hope? Uh, you should, you should, dealing you, with hey, you're allowed depression. to grab it. Oh no, I'm sorry. I wrote that one. I don't yeah, want the fall because okay. I took some time oh, setting okay. them. Okay. I wrote this one. This one's the uh, obsessive the compulsive. Sex. No, I built these. <laughs> They're not coming down. This one's the old uh, <laughs> sex, uh, sex conscience track. and the gospel. Yeah, yes. that one's for the um, strip club. Strip club. And hopefully we'll have yeah. one that's directly geared towards um, abortion-minded women in particular yeah. coming yeah. soon. Yes, coming soon. Coming soon. It's written. We bad, just need to finalize it. Bad theology hurts people. It's a true statement. It's a cool looking shirt. And so you get that at apologiastudios.com. That's Cultish's brand right there. That's, yeah. what the, that's their stuff. Rocking the Cultish. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So a lot of stuff happening in the world today. We like to do a lot of commentary, bring the biblical worldview into uh, the current cultural context in these conversations. So much is going on. But, you know, we're not, we have so much to talk about today. And I think more spending time helpful time on the issue of like justice mm -hmm. accusations warrants warrantless searches and seizures all those like those things you know come from the christian world we're going to talk about that today i want to spend the bulk of the time on that however most of you guys have probably heard hey hold on hold on just a second okay. hey bro hey hey uh guess what you're live on apology radio no way yeah because you're calling me while we're recording so I answered the Pastor phone. Wade? Is that Pastor Wade <laughs> yes. from Apologia, Utah? <laughs> I just thought I'd say hi and let you know that you should be watching Apology Radio. All right, I'll turn it on. Hey, check your message real quick. This guy's on the phone with me. <laughs> All right, I will. <laughs> Later, dude. All right. Bye. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Cameo. <laughs> Cameo from Pastor Wade in uh, Utah. If you're in Utah, you should go to Apology, Utah. You um, should. Yeah. It's actually cool. We get a lot of messages I shouldn't say a lot, but every once in a while we get a message from someone that was an, that came out of Mormonism, and they like like literally someone recently was like, "Can I come to your church and get baptized?" And they live in Lehigh, and I was like, "Actually, you should just drive a little bit north, and you can have Pastor Wade baptize you." Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. God's doing big yeah. things there. Praise the Lord for that. So uh, let's see uh, stuff going on right now. So uh, obviously, you if you have been paying attention at all, you know that there is really a crisis at the American border. And it does raise questions, uh, questions from a Christian standpoint. And, and I want to just say this at the start, I think it's important for everyone to hear from us, 
that we're not beholden to the Republican Party. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have a lot of criticism as Christians uh, for the Republican Party. Uh, so for us, when we talk about these issues, we're not doing it like, you know, Fox News or just a bunch of talking heads that just have, you know, commitments to sort of like red, red, red. But aren't you a Christian nationalist? Um, if it means that I believe that all nations come under the authority of Jesus, you're daggone right. Um, <laughs> and uh, so uh, no, no surprise that the Great Commission said all the nations belong to Jesus and to go get them. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. People read your Bibles. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As simple as that. So, but we obviously want to approach these issues not from a neutral standpoint, from a standpoint uh, of the Word of God, the authority of God's Word, and the authority of Christ, and love for neighbor, and those sorts of things. So, at the outset, when we talk about the issue of what's happening at the border, we want to talk about it from the perspective of biblical wisdom, the law, Word of God, those sorts of questions, things about love for neighbor, all have to factor in there. But, you know, you have to acknowledge, like, this is a real problem. We talk about people pouring across the border, coming in, quote-unquote, illegally. Um, we have to ask the question, like, well, uh, you know, how do we handle this from a Christian perspective? And I just want to say, and again, this is not going to be a big show today ex explicating all the issues here in terms of sojourners and the people at the land of Israel, those sorts of things. But I think it's important to, to recognize that it is a problem when you have an open border in a nation that has a set law. That's important. So the heritage that this nation comes from is a heritage that comes from some pretty amazing uh, people in history. Not perfect people, but amazing people who were pointing to the Word of God, the law Word of God, um, as they were setting up colonies and those sorts of things. Uh, so whether it was the Puritans, we announce this often because I want you to get into these people, whether it was the Puritans, the Huguenots, whether it was the, the, you know, the descendants of the Covenanters in Scotland, these people had really been run through it when it comes to like an out of control state. And even in like a circumstance where you look at like something like Scotland and the Covenanters, mm -hmm. not only wasn't an out of control state, it was a state that would have readily professed to be Christian. Like that's a key issue. Oh, I mean, sure. Like it's serious. I mean, like the king trying to take authority over the church and tell, you know, control the worship of the church and those sorts of things. Like that's a muddy situation because you got the king who would have said, yeah, Jesus is Lord. And then this covenanters were like, well, then you should act like it and mm -hmm. obey his law. The point is, is there's a history where um, <clears throat> even, even in a Christian environment where the law word of God was not being obeyed and, and respected, where you was, oh, there was all kinds of abuses in the court system, people, you know, having, you know, police officers or soldiers coming to their door, you know, with no warrants and no real accusations coming in and roughing people up, taking their stuff, looking for guilt, people being brought before courts and having charges and the whole thing read to them in a language they didn't understand, mm. uh, being forced at times even to provide an answer for yourself. So the amazing thing is, is, is again, not to belabor the history here, but the history is amazing when you think about when the Bible is printed into the English language and the common people can get a hold of the Word of God and read it themselves. They can see the clear testimony in the Word of God in terms of God's standards of justice. And so, as always, when the light of the gospel comes into a culture and the law Word of God and His standards come into a culture, great transformation begins. So there's this awesome and rich heritage that comes behind 
say, this particular American experiment. I mean, I believe we're in the infancy of the Christian church, and so this is not like America is the end all. But when we think about like America as an experiment and like the blessings that came, like there's, there's, they didn't just invent that themselves. Like the founding fathers are like literally quoting from, um, uh, the Huguenots and their writings in terms of like Lex Rex and the law is king and, you know, resistance to tyrants and resistance to tyranny is obedience to God and no king but Christ. Like that's all there. That was in their mind. This great American experiment didn't just exist in a vacuum. There was a whole foundation laid before they got here. Okay. Mm. And mm. so when the New England pulpit was preaching um, before the, the war for independence, like this was stuff that was like common fare in, 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 in some respects, because like there's this inheritance that they had behind them and they knew what they believed about the government and the church and like the authority of Christ, all that stuff. So when you think about things like, um, and I'll just do it at the outset so you guys can hear what I'm talking about. When you think about things like say the fourth amendment, the fifth amendment, those sorts of things, uh, like for the fourth amendment, I'll just read it here. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Um, When you look at the Fifth Amendment, and you look at what's said here, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment, presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law. Very important. Where's that come from? Hmm. Like, when we talk about the situation with people pouring across the border, they're pouring across the border in a nation that has an inheritance behind it. And it has a law that is supposed to be holding everything mm-hmm. up. Now, I'll, I will grant that law is hanging by a thread right now. Of course, when secularists and humanists get into the world and society, they look at a law and they say, who says? I don't care what a bunch of old dead white people said. Why is that got to be enduring? Did you just quote a Mormon prophecy? (laughs) Right, yeah. Like, the point is, is if you're a secularist and a humanist, atheist, agnostic, and you don't believe that anything's transcendent, period, you're not going to respect the fact that what's behind the, say, amendments is the transcendent law of God. Mm -hmm. So, like I read at the beginning of the show today, when you look at Deuteronomy, when you look throughout Jesus' te- teachings in the New Testament, when you look at throughout the Apostle Paul, and they're quoting like, you know, don't receive an accusation against an elder unless it's in the base of two to three witnesses. Like, they're literally after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, assuming the abiding validity of the law of God in terms of the judicial standards. Now, all that to say, when you have people pouring across a border in a nation that has a law inheritance behind it, it's appropriate to ask the question, is this how you do this? <laughs> uh, is this how, uh, is, it, is this even comparable to sojourners in the land of Israel, right? Because what I want to say at the outset is this, you can't compare, you can't just grab 
Like, this is what the left loves to do. They love to just grab Bible verses about aliens among the, mm-hmm. the people of Israel and the land or sojourners mm-hmm. and say, see, you're supposed to just do it like this. Just let them all in. Love them. It's like, well, yeah, I love them. But do you really think that Israel would have tolerated pagans worshiping their pagan gods and setting up pagan temples within the land of Israel and violating God's covenant law within their borders, that they wouldn't have had them also submit as people who were sojourning to the law of the land. Um, Now, obviously, Israel engaged in a heck of a lot of syncretism. For sure. They engaged in a heck of a lot of abandoning God's law when those pagans came into the nation and God's warning them, don't do what they do. Don't inherit their practices. Don't don't live like them. The point was is that it was supposed to be the sojourners and those that came for safety and justice to the land of Israel that were supposed to come underneath the covenant law word of God within the borders of Israel. And it was the people of Israel that are now supposed to yield to their practices. And here's the thing. They wanted to. They wanted to. Because, what does Deuteronomy say? The nations will look inside Mm -hmm. of Israel, see the justice, see the righteousness that's apparent in there, and they will flow to it. Right. Because what nation has a God this just and has laws this magnificent? Right, yeah. That's That's why they want to come. So they come in because what were they getting in, in the land of Israel? Liberty. Right. <laughs> liberty, exactly. right? They were Freedom getting... within God's ordained boundaries. Yeah, liberty. They were getting justice, protection, safety. But the, the sojourners and those that came in to Israel for sanctuary right. had to come under the, the law word, the covenant that God had made with Israel in terms of this is the law of the land. This yeah. is the, these are the covenant documents. Yeah. They weren't allowed to come in. And just simply start violating God's stipulated standards and setting up pagan temples and doing this publicly in the open, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. And so so you can't take proof text, Bible verses about sojourners and how you're supposed to treat the alien and all those things, and just start throwing them out willy-nilly. It's like, but wait, there's a context to this. Mm-hmm. Yes, and amen to making sure that you love your neighbor and that you have people coming into your land who are agreeing with the covenant documents of the land, come underneath that law. Of course, I mean, like this whole nation is a nation that was formed by immigration. Yeah. Right? Agreed and amen. Almost 100%. (laughs) All of us were sojourners. But they had a document. They had a law and people came under. So the question is, is what's the best way to do it? Is the best way to do it just to have a simple open border and just to let people pour across with fentanyl and cartels and human trafficking. And people, listen, they have no idea of the history of this nation. They have no idea of the laws of this nation. And they have no commitment to at all abide by any of it. Like you just let them come across like that. Or do you do it in, I think, a more responsible way that loves neighbor that says, please come. But you're allowing people to come in to do what? To get equipped and training and to come into an actual agreement and to put their hand up. Yeah. Oh, what? Oaths. Yes. Hand to God. Right. Hand to God that I agree that these are the laws of this nation. Hand to God. I'm going to abide by that. I'm going to uphold that. That's what I believe. Before God, God strike me dead sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's, I think, the more appropriate and consistent way to do something like this. But all that to say, we're in a difficult time. Because you have all these people, and, and I'll just say, like, in terms of how it personally impacts, personal impact. Um, I live um, kind of far away from the studio. 
uh, you know, on a, on a good day, 20 minutes to get home. On a bad day, it'll take 40 minutes of traffic. But there's a, there's a section, um, the I-10 and Baseline Road. Um, it's a section I got to pass by every single day, I-10 and Baseline. And let me just say, it is getting horrendous. Like, lock your doors, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about my daughter mm-hmm. driving there uh, at certain times of day. Because the drugs, the danger, the thugs that you'll see there uh, mm-hmm. walking walking around and, and doing some crazy stuff. That's one of the top spots of sex trafficking. Yeah, I know it is. That's right. That's exactly why right. this track was written That's for right. that spot right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it's it's a, it's becoming more and more dangerous. By my house right now, um, I, I don't want my daughter going to the grocery store by my house when it's dark because it is getting more and more dangerous by the day. And the drugs, the fentanyl, the people who are standing on the corners just nodding off. It's dangerous. We have so much pouring across the border right now that it's endangering the lives of other people. You have to take these things into consideration, the sex trafficking, all of that. And also just in terms of caring for your neighbor, if if they're coming across the border and there's no home, there's no work, there's no, they're literally now endangering themselves and their families, but also now it becomes a problem in terms of stealing from the population that is already here dollars via coercion through excessive taxation to, to basically fund somebody who's done this illegally and not come into a covenant with the nation that they're entering. So you see a problem? There's, there's all kinds of things down the line here. But I, everyone, you probably know this, what happens over the last year or more, but year specifically, is it's become so bad in Arizona and Texas specifically that it's it's uh it's completely out of control, mm-hmm. and what you're seeing from the left is the idea that we just we just need to have open borders, and who cares if they come into a covenant with the law of this nation and and everything else? Who cares? We're we're a sanctuary. <laughs> there is no law of this right. nation. It's just Demas. Exactly. We're do, we're, we know we're, it's funny. They're in New York and Chicago. They're like away from the border like hours and hours and hours away from the border going, just open the border up and we're, we're a sanctuary state. Perfect example of politicians thousands of miles away yeah. who have no relationship to the problem right. thinking they can govern it from mm-hmm. so far. It's Here's the point. It's easy to say to hundreds of thousands, millions of people pouring across the border, come on in when you don't personally have to face the consequences of that, whether it is the consequence in terms of how do you care for these people, the consequence of the medical care for these people, the consequence that comes with drugs and sex trafficking. Trafficking. It's easy to say, just come across, no worries about you know coming into covenant with this nation and, and uh, agreeing to the laws and submitting to those sorts of things. Easy to say it when you're thousands of miles away, like New York or Chicago or Martha's Vineyard. So some of you guys know what happened recently with um, 50 Venezuelans brought via airplane to Martha's Vineyard, one of the most highfalutin places in the nation. Uh, well, left us on President, President Obama has a, uh, has a home there. You know, uh, it's, you know, it's funny. I just looked up the stats because I was curious. Um, if this is correct, uh, 86.9% of Martha's vineyard, vineyard is white. Mm. Um, and you, this is funny. This is a side note, uh, of the top, uh, white cities in our nation by percentage, uh, th- five is Scottsdale, eight is Gilbert. 
No and way. nine is Mesa. No way. Yeah. It's us. Viper said, yeah. It's us. I live in Gilbert and I'm a block from Mesa. <laughs> and Scottsdale's about two blocks north of us. The right widest now. place. Yeah, isn't These that the widest places in America? It's wide delights, I mean, let me tell you. Oh my goodness, it's accurate. Yeah. Gilbert is about as yeah. Yeah, I'm super- I know. I know. I love too that, that, that what I love so much is that we're not woke. We never promoted woke nonsense. Yeah. We don't like Marx. We like Moses. Um, and um, <laughs> Moses, not well, Marx. <laughs> yeah, Moses, not Marx. Uh, that should be a T-shirt. T-shirt Moses, yes. not Marx. Like Let's get on that yeah. <laughs> before somebody else does. Don't you dare. Yeah. <laughs> um, Take it. We should have said. Uh, but I love that apology at church with, without even trying, with no focus on the color of someone's skin at all, is such a diverse church, given the area that we're in, yeah. Yeah. that is so stinking white and delightsome. Um, <laughs> we're using I'm sure, I'm we're using guys in case and if you you're, don't know the language if you're new to this you're like wait what I, I don't believe that nonsense that's that's Joseph Smith the racist that's no. that's from the Book of Mormon I always gotta be careful some people may not know our inside theological like, jokes is... he said white and delightsome that's gonna be all over New York Times it's from Joseph Smith the racist it's deplorable uh, I love how diverse our church yeah. is um, all the different colors I praise God for that and uh, that's without you can do that without being woke you can just yeah. preach the gospel and love your neighbor despite the color of their skin uh, anyway, anyway uh, so sorry fun facts what happened with Martha's Vineyard is that you've got this this liberal enclave uh, this leftist enclave a bunch of rich white people mostly and uh, all about like open the borders and that's all their policies. That's what they believe in. And like, how dare you guys be concerned about people pouring across the border with the sex trafficking and the fentanyl and, you know, the carnage and all the rest. And then so, you know, uh, DeSantis, the Florida governor said, OK, well, we have to do something with these people. You're a place that says you're a sanctuary for it. So we'll move the border to Martha's Vineyard. It's easy to say when the border is way out there. Yeah. Like, do it. But when the border gets moved to them, they were there for like 48 hours or less than 48 hours before they were moved. So here's Tucker. Do you uh, know, oh, I was say, do you know where they took him to? Uh, a, a military base. I think Tucker says it in this one. Oh, okay. So this was Tucker uh, talking. He just had some good commentary on the Martha's Vineyard thing. People were not too upset at Martha's Vineyard as diversity was led away to a military base. Watch. <laughs> Luther cheers uh, in Martha's Vineyard this morning, just before migrants boarded buses to go on to Joint Base Cape Cod. The brown people are leaving. We're so excited. Go, brown people, go. Don't come home. If you're not my housekeeper, get off the island. So it may seem like they're bigots. I mean, what's the other conclusion? But no, according to CNN, they're just grateful. They were clapping in gratitude for Ron DeSantis and what he did, the gift that he gave them. Here's an actual scene in the headline. We didn't believe this was real, but it is. And we're quoting. They enriched us. Migrants' 44-hour visit leaves indelible mark on Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> 44 hours? Wow, that didn't take long to leave an indelible mark. Less than two days in the same zip code with Venezuelans, and their lives are changed forever. This remind you of the kid in your class who adopted a Spanish accent after spring break in Cabo? Or the guy who converted to Islam because he once switched planes in Dubai? It seems a little premature, right? So we decided to look into it. Is Martha's Vineyard really congratulating itself for surviving its ever-so-brief encounter with Hispanics? Yes, it is. One nonprofit on the island called the Martha's Vineyard Community Foundation posted this message on its website. Again, this is real. Our immigrant visitors have left the island. 
They have expressed enormous gratitude for the outpouring of support and generosity shown by the island community, which was heartfelt and overflowing. <laughs> These people called the army in to have the Hispanics shipped to a military base. But the Hispanics are very grateful to be shipped by a, to a military base by the army. They're grateful for the attention. The foundation also praised island residents for raising $40,000 in a fundraiser for the migrants. Oh, but not really for the migrants because none of the money is going to actual migrants. Of course it's not. Quote, the vineyard community stepped up in an unprecedented way. Really, on whose behalf? Oh, its own. The money went to them. They raised money for themselves, not for the Venezuelans. Hilarious. <laughs> but if you... So uh, <laughs> I've never seen him act like that. That's, oh, yeah. He, had, uh, he, he spent about a week of he could he even said, like, I know we were killing this thing, but I got to keep talking about it because, you know, I think it, the point is this. OK, look, aside from like biblical principle, law of God stuff that you should stand on, you have to also look in a situation like this when you're talking about cultural issues and like what ought you to do at consistency. Right. So inconsistency is a sign of a failed argument. It's also a sign of a failed life. And so when you are talking about a situation like this where people have particular policies that they advocate for, legislate for, and you've got a place like Martha's Vineyard, which is like a leftist enclave, a bunch of rich people, uh, Democrats, um, you have to ask the question, okay, are you consistent with your position, right? I mean, you're saying it, you're espousing it, you're putting it into law, you're fighting for it. Are you consistent? Because when they show up at Martha's Vineyard, you ejected them. And, and, and you ejected him with the military. <laughs> like, yeah. mm. like the military came to help you guys out to get him out of Martha's Vineyard. And of course, the, the, what were the excuses? Like, well, we don't have the services to care for these people. Like, we can't take care of these people. Right. Right. Which is the same situation that border towns and others are saying mm. across the country saying, we don't have the ability to care for these people. But what you're saying is, is good for thee, but not for me. What you're saying is, with inconsistency and hypocrisy, you deal with it, not me. But at the same time you say, you deal with it, not me, you're going to continue to hold to your failed position, saying, like, this is perfectly fine. It's totally fine. It's not even a problem. Just let them across. But don't let them come into my backyard. Yeah. Don't let them come here. And the issue is, is, is this. Aside from, like, coming into a nation where you don't, you don't even covenant or put your hand up to swear, I agree with that law. I will abide by that law. The issue is the human carnage. Like, the issue is, like, the people who are dying in trucks. The people who are dying, you know, uh, on the borders. The, the children who are being hurt. The people who are sick. And then the cost that it actually uh, is now going to uh, draw from the people who actually are citizens of this nation have come into covenant with the laws of this nation, agree with the laws of this nation, or even the immigrants that became citizens by putting their hand up to swear an oath. Like now you're drawing from them stealing their property to care for people who did something that was unlawful. See the problem? Mm -hmm. So it's an issue that we should face down as Christians, all the while recognizing love your neighbor as you love yourself. You be good to the sojourner, all of that. But never forget, there's always a context to every verse in the Bible. It's not just to be thrown out willy-nilly and applied like peanut butter to any situation. There's a context. You don't allow people into a nation that don't agree with and abide by the laws of that nation. Very important. Yeah, I was going to say, essentially what, I mean, this was Sleepy Joe and Barack did when he was president. Uh, they essentially just made 
prisons for this these migrant people. Mm. You know, literally, they literally built cages and they made these people stay in cages and taxpayers are paying for it. It's the same thing as the prison system. Um, you know, and so we're saying, how is that loving your neighbor? Uh, just by opening up the border, then you're just putting them in prisons. Like, that's not loving your neighbor. Um, you know, and there's a way to do it. Like, and then I think yeah. Jeff's done an excellent job of explaining biblically, like, how we should approach immigration. But that's not the answer. Uh, that's not loving the neighbor coming across. And that's not loving the neighbor that's uh, a resident that's yeah. now paying for those people to be imprisoned in cages. Yeah, citizens. It's almost like every effort they take in the name of humanizing and dignifying people, they end up doing the opposite mm. by dehumanizing people mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. and, and turning them into, put into animals, which is what standing in opposition to God's law and God's ways always does. Mm-hmm. It makes us less human, less like what we That's were created great. to be. It's all yeah. about humanity. <laughs> well, you know, you think about something like DeSantis. Is it true, is it obvious to all of us that DeSantis was making a political statement by shipping 50 Venezuelans mm. to Martha's mm-hmm. Vineyard? Yes, it absolutely was him making a statement. But you can't just say, well, he's just making a statement. Well, let's let's go, oh, okay, he's making a statement. We all do that all the time. There's always symbol. There's always relevance and meaning and purpose behind what we're doing, hopefully. So, yeah, he was making a statement. But in his making that statement, was he doing anything inconsistent? Well, shipping them to Martha's Vineyard or shipping them to a place that said that they wanted these people. So he's saying, we're well, these people, they're here illegally, so you can have them because you said that you want to have this, mm-hmm. you want to have this world where we do this. So they're yours now, I'll give them to you, so do what you said you were going to do. So the inconsistency to my mind in a situation like that is actually with the Martha's Vineyard crew, that community is the one being con- inconsistent because they're the ones that said we're absolutely for diversity we absolutely want all of this this is how things should be and this is how the world should operate it should chug along like this okay here is your opportunity to prove it to the world and you failed you failed you immediately get the army you get the military and whoosh, out of here within less than 48 hours so not so much for diversity huh not so much for caring for the sojourner and, mm. and you know, the, the immigrant and all the rest. So to my mind, it seems pretty obvious in terms of trying to weigh it. Uh, who's being inconsistent there? Well, it's pretty clear to me. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. about inconsistencies, um, you know, want to pray for the man. Obviously, the man is an enemy, an enemy of the Christian faith. Uh, he's an enemy of the pre-born. Um, he's an enemy of uh, true justice. Uh, uh, President uh, Joe Biden. Um, uh, but you know, pray for the man, obviously, uh, my, my question when I watch him wandering off of a stage or not being able to put together a coherent thought as the president of these United States, my thought is why isn't his family doing something about this? Like, why isn't his family stepping in and saying, this isn't right. We can't do this to this man. You know your I mean? father and mother. Right. Goodness I sakes. mean, seriously, obviously something is wrong. Obviously, this isn't good for him. This isn't good for our nation. It, it actually makes our nation look bad when you have the, the leader of the nation actually not being able to put together a coherent thought and saying the, the strangest things and, you know, mixing up his, his statements and mixing up even where he's at, where he's even located in the world and not knowing what to do. But this was really strange. Uh, this just happened... Uh, what is this, two days ago? Yeah, two days ago was all the rage. This is where President Biden... Uh, well, I'll let you see it for yourself. Uh, this is pretty interesting to watch. And I want to thank all of you here for 
including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Uh, real fast. Um, all due respect to the family. Jackie's dead. Oh, my gosh. She's been dead. Everybody knows she's dead. So he's here oh. as the president of the United States. And he's asking if she can stand up, if she can raise her arm. She's dead. Is Ouch. he alive? Ouch. For reals? Like, I feel it's weakened at Biden's, So, like, hold on. This gets worse. I, so, obviously, oh everyone goes, ooh, she's dead. Yeah. And you know, you should know this. Everybody else knows this. Like, it's, they know. And so, now, <laughs> the White House press secretary um, has to try to, to oh, yeah. do cleanup on aisle five. Because now she's going to answer for what happened here. Is that Jen? Uh, not yep. Jen. She's oh, done okay. now. Oh, okay. No, this is the... Uh, oh, the, I've, now, I've seen her. Now yes. it's the one who okay. broke the glass ceiling of everything. She's an immigrant and she's yes. a lesbian and, and she's a woman and, and black. All she that crosses stuff. all the intersectional. All the intersections. She, she gets the intersectional award. She gets it all. <laughs> she got the most. She gets a trophy she for all the intersections. She's head of that parade. So, yes. um, so now she's going to provide the cleanup champion. on all five. And uh, let me just tell you. I wish it, I could. Sorry. I wish I could see the crowd. Oh, yeah. While, you like, could probably I hear wish, that. I wish I could see their faces. When he's, Are we going to hear what she has to say? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it, sorry. And it, let me just say, tell you. Okay. I'll shut up. We'll, we'll comment as it goes along. Watch. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. Well, so, what happened? So the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy. So just real fast, um, if if there was a drinking game, um, for every time she says top of mind, it would not be good. Watch. ...of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just, I just explained. She was on top of mind. Uh, um, you know, she, this wasn't what we were able to witness today and what the president was able to lift up uh, in this, uh, at this conference, at this event, uh, was how her, uh, her focus on um, wanting to... Uh, deal with combat food insecurity in America and this is something that he was lifting up and honoring and again he knows that he's going to see her family this coming Friday there is a bill signing uh, that's going to happen in renaming a VA clinic in, in Indiana after the late congresswoman he knows that he is going to see her family and she was a top of mind those eye flutters though she's but the point is, yeah. is all due respect to the family, she's dead. If she was top of mind, 
he would know. Yeah, he wasn't honoring her in a spiritual no, sense. No, he was he honoring was her. She was, t- she was top of, of mind. He woman. was looking for her. You know, I th- this is, you know, Proverbs says that a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So that's either a man uh, failing to exercise self-governance in a sense of not having control over his own disciplines, hungers, desires, emotions, but in a case like this where a man is clearly inebriated in some type of mental capacity um, to where this is kind of happening. Not what control it, of his own mind. What is the duty of those closest to him mm-hmm. um, to, to, to protect the needy mm-hmm. and even at the expense of himself mm-hmm. to, to protect him from himself? Because in many ways, he's, he's a microcosm of our nation. Mm-hmm. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. That's mm-hmm. a picture of our nation mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about the border and you're talking about being wide open. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to not have walls. It means to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to attack. Very good. And so yep. we, good, he, yeah. he is a portrait of, of where we are currently living. Mm-hmm. 100%. Where there are no borders to restrain lawlessness. Yeah, there's more. Just one more quick follow because I'm trying to get my head around the response. If the late congresswoman was top of mind for the president and her family was expected to be here and that's what he was thinking about what why was he looking for i'm not, I'm not trying to be snarky here no i mean and i'm no nope. saying what he said there and again i think people can understand i think the american people out there who you know watch the briefing uh, from time to time maybe at this moment will understand when someone is at top of mind uh, and uh, and this was such an important uh, such an important event when we're talking about hunger, when we're talking about food insecurity, when we're talking about these champions, these congressional champions who were in the room, who have worked in a bipartisan way. Uh, we know we don't talk much about bipartisan actions that we see in Congress at this time. And as he was naming folks, he, she was on top of mind and he understands and knew that she was, he was going to see uh, her family on Friday. Uh- yeah, but she's dead. That, that's the, that's the thing. So it, this this is what 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 every image bearer of God can rightfully heap scorn upon and hate. Um, pride, pride. Like this is just a political answer that is not answering the question. The point being made fundamentally is she's dead. He's looking for her, and rather than just simply saying, "Yeah, I know, guys," that's. It was a mistake. It was. We apologize for that. That was a real mistake. They don't want to admit because they're prideful. Pride comes before the fall. They won't do it. God gives grace to the humble. And so pride will annihilate you. And that's actually what this Sunday sermon is about at Apologia Church, oh. by the way. In the Proverbs, God giving grace to the humble. Um, pride will annihilate you. And this is so cringy because I, I, can just, I can just imagine, like, before she comes out, she knows that this has happened. She's obviously got notes for it. Yeah, she's like ready. it's, she's got, she's looking down, reading the notes, or like her her prepared talking points related to the fact that the president was was asking where a dead person was, if they could raise their hand, sort of a thing. Are you around? Um, she had to have just been back there cringing, like, oh, how am I going to get through this? So she's just talking around. She's just, she's not addressing the real issue. Like everyone, this keeps going. By the way, look at this. This is like. Um, 
This is two minutes into this. This is 10 minutes long, and they they keep <laughs> the asking. Old... Everybody keeps coming I'm up. I'm so glad they did that. Can you clarify a little more? Because the issue is, like, because she's dead, and uh, he's looking for her. Like, what's going on? And, you know, pride will uh, cause you to have all kinds of uh, political responses that just wave the hand and try to move around the such, real issue. Such as appealing to, I think everybody at home knows I think everyone what was understand. going on. <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, that's got to be. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Gonna, that's got to be one of the worst jobs in the world to oh, be it's Biden's good. press. It's got to be tough. Here she is championing herself as this. It's like, no, actually, that's a punishment. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a reward getting that job. That's actually yeah. they hate you. You broke the glass. You broke the like glass you. ceiling, and you're gonna you're gonna get cut all the way through it. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> all those shards of glass are gonna sh- they're gonna cut you up. So uh, anyway, let's move on. So we're gonna move on to a moment here. Um, here, and I, I thought this is a good way to do it. This is an excellent way to do it. Here is a praise God moment with law enforcement. The man is a hero. The man is a beast. The man is a man. <laughs> standing up, standing up for the defenseless. He's got some skills. Protecting victims. Here, thank you, law enforcement. Praise God for you. Um, protecting the righteous, punishing the evil. And so this is this is a video of an active shooter. I um, I uh, been told it from Washington. This is the body cam footage of the police officer. And just to prepare you for the video, I just want you to pay close attention to something I think is very important. Um, And uh, it's something that I was taught from a very young age in martial arts. And I know that um, they're taught it in military and special forces. So this guy might have that kind of background. And that is to stay completely calm in the midst of violence like this, because if the more nervous you get, the more scared you get, the more you succumb to that, uh, the more you're going to lose uh, control of your gross motor skills. You know, all, you know, the more you'll lose control. You're going to lose it anyways. Um, and uh, this man uh, just did it right. So um, as we start play here, you'll notice that he's obviously drinking a cup of coffee while he's pulling up to an active shooter situation. Wow. <laughs> drinking a cup of coffee, sets it down, takes his time getting to the back. I'll let you guys watch it for he's yourself. He's seen some stuff. Man. Yeah, this is this is a praise God for law enforcement moment. Watch Madison. Shot fires, suspects down. From the trunk. Woo! That's 180 yards. That's more impressive than people would realize. 183 yards. Now listen, I don't see a magnifier on that scope. I think it's just a red dot. I could be wrong. 180 yards with an AR with no mag with no magnifier is that's thinking impressive. And what was that? Two shots? No, one. One, he one just, shot. He just got up like it was no big. NBD, y'all. He's like, he's like, here, hold my coffee. I'm gonna go take care that's, of this. I'm gonna go protect some victims. That's crazy. So I, I thought we could play that first because wow, first of all, I mean, in every way, that is just fantastic. And praise God for law enforcement. Um, and that is just amazing. Thank, thank God for moments like that. 
Um, and so, but that, you know, it's a fallen world. So we have to also address, you know, the other instance contrast, (laughs) the contrast is where you have, uh, police officers, law enforcement, the judicial system, uh, federal agencies that will disregard God's transcendent law and his standards for bringing accusations, those sorts of things. So just a couple of things, um, I already read to you the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment, Fourth Amendment's against warrantless searches and seizures. What's that mean? Well, God's law required of you to have two to three independent lines of witness and testimony to bring charges against somebody. So you got to have proof of a person's guilt before you begin bringing those accusations and you know doing this whole due process thing. The Fifth Amendment within the Fifth Amendment is, of course, against double jeopardy, not being uh, facing the same thing twice but also the issue of not being required to testify against yourself. And so the point is, is God's law gives you this. Are you ready? You know it. Everyone can finish this. If you're an American citizen, if you've come into covenant with this nation, you know the laws of this nation, you know this. And that is that we are innocent until what? Proven guilty. Proven guilty. Proven guilty. See, and you guys are all in the audience right now finishing the sentence. Innocent until proven guilty. Now, if you like that, innocent until proven guilty, then you'll really like the law of God because that's where it comes from. Mm. Like pagan cultures and societies don't give you that. Uh, Atheism doesn't give you that. Uh, It is the Christian worldview that gives you innocent until proven guilty. So that tradition of innocent until proven guilty um, and how that works out in due process and our system of law uh, comes to us from Moses. So thank you, Moses, again, uh, contra Marx. Uh, But we, we should address the issue of like when you have, say, law enforcement or any federal agency coming and roughing you up and uh, searching your things and looking for evidence of guilt, what are they doing? Like, okay, if you have a police officer that, say, comes up to your car, now they'll tell you um, you're not guilty of any crime right now. I don't have any evidence that you've committed a crime, but I want you to identify yourself and I want to search your vehicle. What are they saying when they're saying that? I believe that you are probably guilty and I want to look for evidence of the guilt or to see that you are innocent. So it's guilty until proven innocent in a case like that, which violates God's law. It violates the stipulated law of this nation that says you need to have a warrant. Now, here's the thing. Watch. When you say, when, when the founder said, you have to have a warrant to search anybody's stuff, what's the assumption there? This is a person that's probably, it could be innocent. And so the warrant means you need to have evidence a priori ahead of time, evidence ahead of time that demonstrates prob- that there's probable guilt here. So where's that got to go? It's got to go to a judge mm-hmm. where a judge is supposed to basically look at the evidence and go, eh. That's not really evidence of guilt, guys. Those aren't, those are not independent lines of testimony and evidence and witness. So I'm, I'm not giving you a warrant. Like the, the judge will look at the potential witness and he could say yay or nay, right? Because he's, he's, the person still has to have the assumption of innocence. So that's where that comes from. Two to three independent lines of witness and testimony, Deuteronomy, throughout Jesus' teaching, throughout the New Testament. That's assumed, right? That comes to us into the historic tradition that we find ourselves in today. Innocent until proven guilty, all of that. So when you have a situation today where police officers many times seem like they don't even know the Constitution, the amendments we have, the law itself, 
where they'll come up to a person and they'll start looking for evidence of guilt on the spot, or they're trying to see if I can find proof that you're innocent. Let me see that you're not really guilty. I suspect that you're really guilty. I don't have any proof. So you've got to prove to me that you're innocent. Brothers and sisters, that's not righteous. It's not just lawlessness. And that is lawless. Mm -hmm. That is completely lawless. And there are too many Christians behind us that fought really hard battles to make sure that that wouldn't be the case. Police officers, praise God for guys like that, Mm -hmm. but police officers do not have any right to walk up to anybody and assume they're guilt without any evidence Mm -hmm. and say, well, you got to prove your innocence to me. Anytime you're in a situation with law enforcement, you should be, of course, respectful and gracious and all of that, of course, be kind, but you should never tolerate injustice where somebody's going to treat you as guilty and they're going to see if they can prove your innocence. And so uh, before I go into the video, do you guys want to say anything to that? No, Uh, I'll save it. Okay. So here is, and by the way, in playing this, I'm not agreeing I don't know this man. I don't I don't know any other stuff he's done, but I think this is a good example of like um uh what can happen in say like a police stop. Um and I think how this ha- man handles it is actually is 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 right on. Um in terms of he is an innocent person, he's been pulled over, he is uh abiding by the law itself. And so here is let me see if I can get this on the right screen. There you go. This is a man pulled over. And he just simply says, I don't answer questions. Oops. Get the guy some oxygen. Nerves. He's... Yes, sir. Will you window down for me, please? Uh, I can hear you just fine. So I'm gonna have to ask you to roll the window down. I can hear you just fine, officer. There's my license. To roll the window down, please. I can hear you just fine, officer. There's my license. There's my registration. Or my insurance. Is there some reason you can't roll the window down? I saw you roll it up. I don't answer questions. I don't answer questions. You don't answer questions. That's correct. What's the reason for that? I don't answer questions. Do you want my license and registration or not? <laughs> it's like threw it at him. He's not happy. So the issue here, I just let's point to it. it should be obvious to all of them. There's a there's a problem. If you give humans authority, you have to always make sure that you are suspicious of the of them that you're giving authority to but also suspicious of of yourself if you've been given authority so with fallen people with sinful people with people who um are fallible you have to always be aware of your own fallibility 
and your own sinfulness if you are in a position of authority. So for example, even as fathers in a home where you're given authority in that home, you can't allow yourself with a, with, with a sinful heart to begin to try to dominate and sort of like love that authority and want to wield that authority because that's where you get people who hurt people. They become tyrants. Like people become tyrants because sinful hearts love to be in positions of authority and it can tend to lead to abuse. So one of the dangers of law enforcement is that you're giving authority, a God-given authority to sinful people. And so people should be always suspicious, right? Of, is this person sinning? Are they going to sin? Are they are they righteous? Are they behaving in a righteous manner? And they these officers need to be always be suspicious of their own sinfulness. Am I being abusive? Am I am I following the law? Am I doing this righteously? In a situation like this, why does this man have to roll his window down? Is there a law that says that? Is he required to by law to roll his window down? To to uh, how many inches does it need to be? Like how far? Or does this interaction just really require uh, his handing over his his details because he's got a traffic, uh, the accusation of a traffic infraction? And when the man simply says, you, some people might say, you're just being rude. No, he's not friends with the cop. The cop is actually bringing charges against him of some kind. And so with that, that's this assumed. Is, yeah, this isn't a, 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 a we're buds situation. This is law enforcement bringing some sort of a charge. You violated this law against this man. He's not required by God's law or the law of our land to answer against himself. And so when he says, I don't answer questions, he's not being rude. Actually, he's acting consistently with the standards of our land by saying, in that case, since I'm the one being accused right now, I'm not going to testify against myself. So like when a cop comes to your door, this is always be respectful, always be loving. Don't be a jerk. Uh, and they say, hi, do you know how fast you were going? Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question because the cop is not your friend at that point. They're already pulling you over and they're bringing some sort of charge against you. And so I don't need to testify against myself. Actually, if the police officer pulls me over for say speeding, doesn't he know how fast I was going? So why are you asking me, right? Like you're the one who's bringing the charge right now that I was speeding. So why are you asking me how fast I was going? I had this happen to me. Um, you would like me to submit my confession now. You want me to confess? <laughs> you want me to, to testify against myself right now? Yes. <laughs> so it was interesting, like um, a while back, we were coming back from some something we did mission in California. We are coming back. I was coming through Yuma. It was a leadership retreat. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I was coming through Yuma back to Arizona. And it, it, this is a, a known thing now. Be very cautious. If you're coming to Arizona from California through Yuma, just know that is a hot spot for what I would call road piracy. <laughs> and that is where the police officers in California, they know that the border for Arizona is right there in Yuma, right by Yuma. And so what they do is they hang out there and try to give away as many California tickets as possible to Arizona residents. And here's why. Because the chances of you coming and driving all the way back to California to argue that in court are very low. It's That's just, dirty. it's a cash cow. Mm. And so it was interesting because I'm just driving with traffic. I'm just driving with the traffic. I'm with all the traffic. I am not going faster than anybody. Um, I'm driving and all of a sudden, I'm my wife, my kids in the car, all of a sudden on the freeway that's going um, westbound, 
there's a police cruiser driving. Now, I'm, I'm, mind you, I'm surrounded by vehicles. There's cars in front of me, cars in the side of me, cars behind me. I'm driving with the traffic, and I see this police cruiser on the other thing just literally just pull and just drive through the dirt in the middle, and I'm thinking there's some emergency like up ahead of me or something like that, so I'm aware that he's doing it, so I pass by him, and all of a sudden he's driving in back on our freeway now. His lights come on, and everyone starts to pull over to let him by because it must be some emergency. Like he's, he's just driving through the dirt, and there's dust clouds everywhere, and then he gets behind me and pulls me over. And as soon as he comes up to the car, he's like, how you doing, sir? Do you know how fast you were going? I said, well, I assumed you do. And he was like, well, do you know how fast? I said, the speed limit. I was driving with all the traffic. I know I was driving the speed limit. And he goes, no, you were driving uh, 85. And I said, no, sir. And he was like, all right, how fast were you going? And I was like, well, don't you know? Don't you have? I said, also, you were driving on a freeway the other direction where I'm surrounded by cars. I says, don't you know how, don't you know how fast I was going? And so as we start to talk some more, he's wanting to get out of me how fast I was going. And I was like the speed limit with all the other traffic. I don't know why you came and picked me. And he was like, uh, yeah, 85. And so when he comes back, he comes with, back with a ticket for uh, 75. And I said, sir, I thought you said I was going 85. And he was like, well, you know, I put 75. And I said, I said, sir, do you have, do you have proof in your vehicle of how fast I was going? And he said, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> and, then, and then, so he gives me the ticket and I was like, this is crazy. I said, I absolutely am going to fight this because I was not. And I know he doesn't have proof that I was. But when I got, when I got the ticket, it said I had to appear in court in California and it was far into California. And so I was like, I'm not driving back and spending all the money and gas and the full day to go fight this ticket. It was just an instance where he didn't really have any proof, but I was just stuck. But the point is, in a situation like this, where this man uh, is just simply saying, I don't answer questions, is he being rude or is he actually upholding really God's standards? And that is that if you think that I'm guilty, I'm not going to testify against myself. And I think the answer to the question, did he really need him to roll his window all the way down is no. It seems to just be a control grab. Yeah, authority. How can I have control, yeah. more control over the situation and an opportunity to get to you while you're secure in your person? Right. Yeah. And he's also being lawful and saying, no, this is, you know, private property is all throughout what you're saying right now. Yeah. The well, assumption it's... that this belongs to me, mm -hmm. it doesn't belong to you, and you can't unlawfully come into my property or my person and right. and and take something from me that, that isn't yours. That's a key issue right there, too, in terms of like how, how much God and his law identifies his concern for private property, the right of private property. And in this case, this is this man's vehicle. It's his property. He can do as he pleases with his window. And the police officer doesn't have a right to just pull rank and say, no, I want your window down this many inches and you'll do what I say. That's not lawful. Yeah. And, um, and if we yield to that sort of a thing where you give fallen sinful people that kind of authority to do those sorts of things, we're in a bad way. And so I think this man's doing the right thing. He's pulled over. Maybe the cop says, I'm going to give you a legitimate ticket. Uh, in his mind, the man says, well, here's my information. I'm going to be a law-abiding citizen. Here's how to identify me. And no, I won't roll my window down, and I don't answer questions. Pronounce your last name for me. I don't answer questions. I'm going to need you to pronounce your last name. I don't answer questions. It's there on the license. 
cigarette in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> that explains him needing oxygen. <laughs> Actually, I think it said 40. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's 30. You're pretty sure or you're positive? You're pretty sure or you're positive? I can argue with you. All right, well, I'll just turn around and I'll check. Here's your information. You want to hand it to me, please? Um, that's as far as I'm Would going. you please stick it through the window? I'm not going to do that, Mr. Suter. All right, well then, I don't know what to tell you. Sounds like we're going to be on the side of the road a long time. Well, I guess so. And looking at this, just examining it in terms of like, how could you handle this better from the law enforcement perspective? You already threw his one document through the window, right? Adam. So clearly, you are willing to shove things through the window. Um, but in this case, it's just, just want this last little bit of control. I just want the control. I want the authority. And and I think there are so many good law enforcement officers that respect the Constitution, want to respect people's rights. And you can see all kinds of other videos that are just fantastic, where like someone will call and complain about somebody. Um, doing like a First Amendment audit or something like that, the police show up and they go, yeah, he's within his rights, he's in public property, he's doing what's lawful. And that'll really tick off the people who like want him gone. They're like, yeah, but, you know, like the cops are like, no, he's within his rights, he can do as he pleases here. Uh, there's good, there's good, and there's bad. And if we're going to examine this from a Christian worldview, we'd say um, respect the law of God, respect the transcendent law of God. And in a situation like this, don't allow yourself to yield to the sinful desires of your heart to be a tyrant, right? To just maintain control. Well, you met, you, you said it, the issue is authority and where anybody becomes a tyrant in any jurisdiction, whether it's the home or the church or the state, is by forgetting that their authority is not self-generated, but derivative Very good. from a higher authority. Very good. When you forget that, that is when you begin to play well, that's the lowercase key. G-O-D. Well, that's the key. That's the mm. key issue. Derivative authority. So whether if whether it's in the home, whether it's in the church, or whether it's in the state, if you don't recognize just what you said that your authority is derivative, it's from somewhere else, um, then you'll become a tyrant, and that's clearly what's taking place. Uh, that's what that's what's taking place. So you know, you could you could point to like abuse in the church. Where if you have like, uh, you know, some guy that's like, he's the head honcho, he's like, you do as he says, you follow him. He's abusing his authority. Why? Because he's not recognizing that his authority is derivative. Like, this is the law of God. This is the standard. And then so you don't have to listen to anything I say that isn't consistent with this. That's the right kind of authority that a pastor yields. He's like, whatever I say that is consistent with this authority, that you have to yield to. But if I say something that's not consistent with this... You don't have to listen to anything I say in that regard. Um, and, you know, when it comes to what we have in government today with like the regime that's in place today, they don't recognize that their authority is derivative, that it comes from God, yeah. that they're supposed to be the servant of God. And so they think they can do whatever they please and they become tyrants. Stalin, do you think he recognized the derivative authority? No, he was the authority. Right. Pol Pot, Mao, you think they recognized that their authority was derivative? No, they, their their authority was themselves. It was 
there was their own they were yielding and that's why so many people died nsa.gov <laughs> another example <laughs> yeah of someone that's tyrannical yeah and, uh, and yeah. doesn't follow the law nsa.edu on the other hand they follow that God's segue law. never gets old never gets old i mean it just happened to work next time. two weeks in a row i didn't wasn't trying to do that it worked it just worked. they're awesome and they partner with us that's right so send your kids there send your kids all right guys and abortionnow.com is where you go to get trained and equipped as a church to go out and save lives we have a lot of states coming up please pray for us we do we have a lot of states coming up bills of equal protection and abolition are going in lord willing we've been talking to the legislators they're ready to put them in next legislative session thank you guys so much for joining with us over all these years and partnering with an abortion now whether it's been prayerful whether you've got your church free training and resources to go save lives along with us or whether you've given financially thank you you're making it all possible we have more states coming pray for us it's going to be interesting very interesting now that rose out of the way Going to different states. These bills are coming next, next legislative session, so please pray for us. And please give. We need you to give. End Abortion Now is a ministry of Apologia Church. Uh, all these massive things that are happening, the things that New York Times has taken note of, the things that Rachel Maddow has taken note of, MSNBC, CNN, they've been coming from Apologia Church, End Abortion Now, and the people we work with. So please pray for us and uh, join with us Join with us by signing your church up. Join with us by giving financially. We need you to give towards this movement. Meeting with these legislators and getting these bills into states costs money. And so we need you to partner with us. Help us to make that happen. And um, don't forget to get your tickets for ReformCon. Come hang out with us. Come spend time with us. ReformCon.org. And uh, I think that's it. That's right? it. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. That's that Conover. I'm Jeff the Coleman and Ninja. We'll catch you next time right here on Apologia Radio.